Hi, this is John Cutterback with a Lifecraft Read Aloud. This is in our Christmas story series, The Clockmaker's Apple. This is as retold by Ruth Sawyer in her great book, This Way to Christmas. It's a story from Germany. And I'm bringing it to you from the Shenandoah Valley, where I'm sitting next to the copper hearth with a warm fire. And I hope this story warms your heart. Once on a time, there lived in Germany a little clockmaker by the name of Hermann Josef. He lived in one little room with a bench for his work and a chest for his wood and his tools and a cupboard for dishes and a trundle bed under the bench. Besides these, there was a stool, and that was all, excepting the clocks. There were hundreds of clocks, little and big, carved and plain, some with wooden faces and some with porcelain ones, shelf clocks, cuckoo clocks, clocks with chimes and clocks without. They all hung on the walls, covering them quite up. In front of his one little window, there was a little shelf, and on this, Hamon put all his best clocks to show the passers-by. Often they would stop and look, and someone would cry, See, Hermann Yosef has made a new clock. It's finer than any of the rest. Then, if it happened that anybody was wanting a clock, he would come in and buy it. I said Hermann was a little clockmaker. That was because his back was bent and his legs were crooked, which made him very short and funny to look at. But there was no kinder face than his in all the city, and the children loved him. Whenever a toy was broken or a doll had lost an arm or a leg or an eye, its careless Mütterchen would carry it straight to Hermann's little shop. The kindlein needs mending, she would say. Canst thou do it now for me? And whatever work Hermann was doing, he would always put it aside to mend the broken toy or doll, and never a fennec would he take for the mending. Go spend it on sweetmeats, or better still, put it by till Christmas time. Twill get thee some happiness then, maybe, he would always say. Now, it was the custom in that long ago for those who lived in the city to bring gifts to the great cathedral on Christmas and lay them before the Holy Mother and Child. People saved all through the year that they might have something wonderful to bring on that day. And there was a saying among them that when a gift was brought that pleased the Christ child more than any other, he would reach down from Mary's arms and take it. This was but a saying, of course. The old Herr Graf, the oldest man in the city, could not remember that had ever really happened. And many there were who laughed at the very idea. But children often talked about it, and the poets made beautiful verses about it. And often when a rich gift was placed beside the altar, the watchers would whisper among themselves, perhaps now we shall see the miracle. Those who had no gifts to bring went to the cathedral just the same on Christmas Eve to see the gifts of the others and hear the carols and watch the burning of the waxen tapers. The little clockmaker was one of these. Often he was stopped and someone would ask, how happens it that you never bring a gift? Once the bishop himself questioned him, Poorer than thou have brought offerings to the child, where is thy gift? 
Then it was that Hermann had answered, Wait, someday you shall see. I too shall bring a gift someday. The truth, truth of it was that the little clockmaker was so busy giving away all the year that there was never anything left at Christmas time. But he had a wonderful idea on which he was working every minute that he could spare time from his clocks. It had taken him years and years. No one knew anything about it but Truda, his neighbor's child. And Truda had grown from a baby into a little house mother, and still the gift was not finished. It was to be a clock, the most wonderful and beautiful clock ever made. And every part of it had been fashioned with loving care. The case, the works, the weights, the hands, and the face all had taken years of labor. He had spent years carving the case and hands, years perfecting the works. And now Hermann saw that with a little more haste and time, he could finish it for the coming Christmas. He mended the children's toys as before, but he gave up making his regular clocks, so there were fewer to sell. And often his cupboard was empty, and he went supperless to bed. But that only made him a little thinner and his face a little kinder. And meantime, the gift clock became more and more beautiful. It was fashioned after a rude stable with rafters, stall, and crib. The Holy Mother knelt beside the manger in which a tiny Christ child lay, while through the open door the hours came. Three were kings, and three were shepherds, and three were soldiers, and three were angels. And when the hours struck, the figure knelt in adoration before the sleeping child, while the silver chimes played the Magnificat. Thou seest, said the clockmaker to Truda, it is not just on Sundays and holidays that we should remember to worship the Christ Kindlein and bring him gifts, but every day, every hour. The days went by like clouds scudding before a winter wind, and the clock was finished at last. So happy was Hermann with his work that he put the gift clock on the shelf before the little window to show the passers-by. There were crowds looking at all day long, and many would whisper, Do you think this can be the gift Hermann has spoken of? His offering on Christmas Eve to the church? The day before Christmas came, Hermann cleaned up his little shop, wound all his clocks, brushed his clothes, and then went over the gift clock again to be sure everything was perfect. It will not look meanly beside the other gifts, he thought happily. In fact, he was so happy that he gave away all but one fennig to the blind beggar who passed his door. And then, remembering that he had eaten nothing since breakfast, he spent that last fennig for a Christmas apple to eat with a crust of bread he had. These he was putting by in the cupboard to eat after he was dressed. When the door opened, Intruder was standing there crying softly. Kinsline, Kinsline, what ails thee? And he gathered her into his arms. Tis the father. He is hurt, and all the money that was put by for the tree and sweets and toys has gone to Herr Doctor. And now, how can I tell the children? Already they have lighted the candle at the window and are waiting for Kris Kringle to come. 
Clockmaker laughed merrily. Come, come, little one, all will be well. Herman will sell a clock for thee. Some house in the city must need a clock. In a wink, we shall have money enough for the trees and the toys. Go home and sing. He buttoned on his great coat, and picking out the best of the old clocks, he went out. He went first to the rich merchants, but their houses were full of clocks. Then to the journeymen, but they said his clock was old-fashioned. Even stood on the corners of the streets in the square, crying, A clock, a good clock for sale. But no one paid any attention to him. At last, he gathered up his courage and went to the Herr Graf himself. Will your excellency buy a clock, he said, trembling at his own boldness. I would not ask, but it's Christmas, and I'm needing to buy happiness for some children. The Herr Graf smiled. Yes, I will buy a clock, but not that one. I will pay a thousand gulden for the clock thou hast had in thy window these four days past. But, Your Excellency, that is impossible. And poor Harriman trembled harder than ever. Poof, nothing is impossible. That clock or none. Get thee home, and I will send for it in half an hour and pay thee the gulden. The little clockmaker stumbled out. Anything but that, anything but that, he kept mumbling over and over to himself on his way home. But as he passed the neighbor's house, he saw the children at the window with their lighted candle, and he heard Trude singing. And so it happened that the servant who came from the Herr Graf carried the gift clock away with him. But the clockmaker would take but five of the thousand gulden in payment. And as the servant disappeared up the street, the chimes commenced to ring from the great cathedral, and the street suddenly became noisy with the many people going thither, bearing their Christmas offerings. I have gone empty-handed before, said the little clockmaker, sadly. I can go empty-handed once again. And again he buttoned up his great coat. As he turned to shut his cupboard door behind him, his eyes fell on the Christmas apple, and an odd little smile crept into the corners of his mouth and lighted his eyes. It is all I have, my dinner for two days. I will carry that to the Christ child. It is better, after all, than going empty-handed. How full of peace and beauty was the great cathedral when Harriman entered it. There were a thousand tapers burning, and everywhere the sweet scents of the Christmas greens and the laden altar before the Holy Mother and Child. There were richer gifts than had been brought for many years, marvelously wrought vessels from the greatest silversmiths, cloth of gold and cloth of silk brought from the east by the merchants. Poets had brought their songs illuminated on rolls of heavy parchment. Painters had brought their pictures of saints and the Holy Family. Even the king himself had brought his crown and scepter to lay before the child. And after all these offerings came the little clockmaker, walking slowly down the long, dim aisle, holding tight to his Christmas apple. The people saw him, and a murmur rose, hummed a moment indistinctly through the church, and then grew clear and articulate. Shame! See, he's too mean to bring his clock. 
He hoards it as a miser hoards his gold. See what he brings, shame. The words reached Haman and he stumbled on blindly. His head dropped forward on his breast, his hands groping the way. The distance seemed interminable. Now he knew he was past the seats. Now his feet touched the first step and there were seven to climb to the altar, but his feet never reached the top. One, two, three, he counted to himself, then tripped and almost fell. Four, five, six, he was nearly there. There was but one more. The murmur of shame died away, and in its place rose one of wonder and awe. Soon the words became intelligible. The miracle. It's the miracle. The people knelt in the big cathedral. The bishop raised his hands in prayer. And the little clockmaker, stumbling to the last step, looked up through dim eyes and saw the child leaning toward him, far down from Mary's arms, with hands outstretched to take his gift. Clockmaker's Apple.